That rather chill instrumental brought to you by KVNB. Some brand new music for you. Little taste of my show, Hip Hop on the Rock. You can join me every Friday night at 9 p.m. I'm Dan O'Hammer, a.k.a. Dan Miller, and it's a great pleasure to introduce today a liberal candidate for Saanich uh, Gulf Islands, uh, Sherry Moore Arborer. Is that, is that how I pronounce it, That's Sherry? That's perfectly pronounced, yeah. Well, well, th- well, thank you, and thank you for dropping in. We weren't expecting to have you. Uh, you are on my contact list, so it was a pleasant surprise uh, to uh, have you drop in the booth today. That's what a candidate always wants to hear. Yeah, and um, now I understand, uh, are, are you presently or have you in the past been a locally elected school trustee? I've been a locally you, elected you, school board so trustee and vice uh, how, chair How long were you at that? At four that? years. Four years, yep, wow. Yeah, and I worked, I then went on to work for the BC School Trustees Association for a number of years as a director of communication, working with boards all over the province, promoting public education. And, and you also have a background in public affairs? Yeah, so I currently run a public affairs firm with my partner, and we focus on public education, public health, which is now a huge area of focus, and reconciliation and inclusion. Yeah. And um, now, I, that seems to have prepared you well for uh, federal politics, I would imagine. And it's, it can be a very difficult uh, area to get into. I mean, I certainly have no desire, but what... What drives you into politics at at this point? I am passionate and have been for many years to the tune of more than two decades, passionate about representational politics, have been working both inside sort of a partisan environment, but also on the edges with organizations like Equal Voice promoting the election of more women in all parties at all levels of government and uh, promoting also more people of color and indigenous candidates. And, and I myself am indigenous and I, a I woman. Was, so. I, was, I was going to say um, you identify as Métis. I am Métis, yes. Métis, yeah. Yes. yeah. And, as uh, are my children. Yeah. And you're currently living on Galliano Island. We love life on Galliano, that's okay, right. My well, family, though, um, has lived in the Saanich community for several decades, since the 80s, yeah. Uh, we'll let, I guess we'll we'll start there then. I mean, it's been a very difficult year for First Nations and Canadians in general who've only just learned about uh, some of the atrocities at residential schools, and we have a, a just a, a tragic and ever unfolding story of numerous unmarked graves found at former residential schools all over Canada. Yeah, and in fact, I've. I'm embarrassingly even lost count. It's just, it's, that's got to be north of a thousand. Oh, yes, well. And, and we knew from the, tr- the truth and reconciliation process that once we started looking, so this is really about confirmations and not discoveries. These are children who we knew from the testimony of those who participated in the truth and reconciliation process. There were children that would be found once the search is started. I think this is a solemn time of confirmation and recognition and it's profoundly sad. It's very heartening to see the extent to which it it touches people across the country and that I think we are um, seeing a collective recognition of trauma that previously, though it was reported, 
I think now it's really sinking in and there's a visceral um, palpable sadness that I think is commonly experienced across the country. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a bit of a history buff, so mm-hmm. it, it really was no surprise. Sad news, but no surprise to me. But I know a lot of Canadians were very shocked. And um, and I, I guess there is there does seem to be a sea change in the air. Uh, things mm-hmm. are changing. Uh, and I guess it's a matter of uh, impatience. Many people are impatient and and we've we have so far to go from our colonial roots uh you know the um uh the current liberal government uh has been criticized uh for uh you know dragging its feet on bringing clean uh, drinking water uh back to many first nations that lack clean drinking water and uh, other um broken promises and i'm just wondering despite the you know some of the promises that have been made and some of them, you know, we, we know it's a work in progress, but I'm just, I'm just wondering how you personally feel as a sure. can- Liberal candidate uh, on what the best way we can move forward here in, in terms of the uh, role of the federal government right. and First Nations. And I think there's a clear role for the federal government in supporting the reconciliation journey together. Um, I think we are on that journey, and it's an incomplete journey. So... Um, they're definitely among Indigenous Canadians across the country. There's a desire to see the journey continue. And certainly as an Indigenous candidate, that is something that's very dear to me. It's, it's, uh, it feels very personal. Um, I think that this government is very clearly, the Liberal Party is very clearly dedicated in material ways to completing this journey. So whether we're talking about clean water, which is a human right, or whether we're talking about the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and the calls for justice and the TRC recommendation calls for action, I think that you know we want to continue to walk this path. And I think the more Indigenous members of Parliament we have in the House of Commons, the more resolute and sort of... Um, uh, commit, committed we will be walking that path as efficiently as possible. I think that there is no question that as an Indigenous candidate I'm very fearful of uh, Conservative government uh, uh, coming into power and seeing the progress that we're making uh, slow down or stop. Um, and I do think that that's, that's one of the issues that uh, starkly contrasts the two most likely to um, the two parties that are battling for um, government right now. Yeah. Well, um, I'd just like to uh, just shift gears a little bit and, and just talk about uh, the fact that it's, it may, may be a difficult battle for you. And I mean, I wish you all, all the best of luck. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, Trudeau's kind of suffered in the polls a yeah. little bit. And I'm just wondering what you think local constituents uh, uh, need to understand about why they should uh, elect a liberal candidate at this point? Right. And I think that's a great question and it's the elephant in the room often um, because this riding unquestionably has been a green stronghold for a decade and um, I think where May has been successful in raising sort of the conversation the Green Party and May as a candidate is completely unable to deliver on any of the issues that matter to her and that matter to our riding. And I think it's quite essential 
that we have a voice in government and that the BC caucus push forward. I mean, we are clearly the province that is most preoccupied with environmental issues. We see the forest fires annually, deeply, deeply concerning. We recently, of course, had the heat dome weather event. So the sense of urgency, I think, year over year is uh, growing more intense. I think that our party has a clear plan to address climate change and is dedicated to it. So in my mind, you know, it's moving, it's about moving from the conversation to a plan of action. And, you know, I'm not on the ballot to, uh, to throw shade on any of my colleagues. I think you're right. It's not an easy row to hoe for uh, a liberal in SGI, but I, I think that running is important. I think campaigns are important. Um, I know I have two kids who are, as a family, behind their mom, and the lessons that they learn about the importance of putting your name on a ballot and why we have these conversations, even when they're difficult. We are talking to hundreds and hundreds of, of voters in Saanich Gulf Islands, and even when we disagree, the conversations are enriching and it's important to hear what matters to people. And I feel like that's the heart of the work that we do is getting to know people and understanding better what in their mind weighs heavily and will inform their vote. Um, well, I, I think that, you know, you, you, you mentioned the climate and environmental concerns being near and dear to British Columbia. And certainly to this jurisdiction's uh, Saanich Gulf Islands, and that's perhaps why it's been a green stronghold mm -hmm. for the last couple of elections. And um, and, and here again, I, I guess, uh, perhaps some Gulf Islanders, uh, um, you know, and critics of the current government uh, might cite, well, we, we hear pretty words, you know, from, from the government, but yet they, they're driving the pipelines through, or at least attempting to, and, and there seems to be a gap between word and action and yeah. and i'm just wondering uh what we what we should understand about uh, your position as a candidate sure. on where we can uh really move forward uh, in the liberal party in terms of a national sure. government and furthering environmental concerns because i think that's so important to us here i i agree completely and i think a strong as i said a strong bc caucus is a part of the um the formula for success, but I think the investment in transitioning off of fossil fuels is a part of the plan. So, you know, if we could wave a wand and stop the transportation and use of fossil fuels, that would be ideal. But uh, I know many people heat their homes with oil or natural gas, and a lot of businesses similarly use it in manufacturing or in uh, their processes. So it really requires um, a series of investments and pragmatic decisions but I agree that the feeling I have is I want to move faster I I, I feel the sense of urgency uh, I live on a Gulf Island I'm surrounded by natural beauty the ocean uh, that's our that's our biggest federal asset in this riding is the ocean and the nature around us so preserving that is is very very central and important certainly i would like to think it is for all of the candidates who are on the ballot but this is about 
transitioning to a plan of action. And, and I think that's really what the decision will be for voters who are casting their vote on September 20th. Um, now I'd like to shift gears again. Just so we, I mean, we could probably go on for hours. I'd love yeah. to like open every can of worms with you, but unfortunately we just don't have the time. But um, now as e e the other elephant in the room, I guess, a COVID pandemic, of course, we're in the midst of it and yeah. in a wave for it. And, I'm, and I, I hope and pray that your family has done well for you. What's been your experience through, through all this? Uh, how has it affected you and, and your It's been very one? hard. I have two teenagers, um, my eldest finished his last year of high school online and you know we like everyone felt degrees of anxiety pre-vaccination around the isolation worrying about our kids mental health and wellness uh, life being upended and disrupted my husband's a vice principal in a high school and was dealing with COVID issues on a daily basis our public affairs firm works directly with the BC Centre of Disease Control on the pandemic response, so we were um, in the thick of it, uh, you know, supporting, in our case, the communication within the K-12 sector, but, um, yeah, very, very worrying, and I think the reason why this is a responsible time to go forward, one, we are, you know, at a critical point in the resolution phase, uh, still still a high level of uncertainty and I think Canadians deserve a chance to vote essentially on how to resolve the pandemic and so I think they'll they have uh, many options on the table and we have an option of a compassionate response which has been the response to date uh, one where we've seen great success on procurement of the vaccine and distribution of the vaccine but continue need to see vaccination numbers in or we know experts say that the the resolution of the pandemic very much depends on uh, high levels of, of vaccination and so I think we've done uh, a great job procuring vaccines and distributing them across the country uh, but Canadians I think have a say in how the how to end this uh, this pandemic see it seems like I don't know um, I, yeah, I don't know the stats exactly but it seems like 10 to 15 percent of people who seem uh, like they don't want to get the vaccine they don't want to have anything to do with it you know even beyond hesitant they're they're resistant mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm just wondering what your personal thoughts are about how we can possibly get through to this last uh, this last 10 or 15 percent of people who, who just don't want to get on board with it well, I think, with, I think the proof of vaccination program that we see in BC and other, other provincial jurisdictions will certainly incentivize those who haven't yet had a double vaccination. The domestic travel requirements will further incentivize uh, those who are tentative but for various reasons may not have sought the vaccination. I think Which I, I guess it's worth pointing out that, I mean, if the Liberal government is re-elected, hmm. um, then at the end of September, both uh, federal employees as well as uh, um, federally regulated transportation mm -hmm. in Canada, including trains and planes, right. uh, uh, will be mandatory right. to, uh, for people to have vaccination. Right, and I think the cycle of lockdowns is certainly untenable, and I think those who have small businesses or who have kids who have had to learn virtually we know this is this this has a negative impact in so many ways ways that are difficult to measure still 
So, um, you know, we want to see the vaccination rates hit close to 90% for herd immunity and to basically allow us to begin living our lives in a somewhat recognizable fashion. So, Well, my personal opinion is I, I hope so. I hope everybody gets on board and we, we can put this behind us. Now, I've been talking to uh, Sherry Moore Arbor, uh, the Liberal candidate for Saanich Gulf Islands. If you're just joining us, I'm Dan Miller. And, and Sherry, just as a, as a last question, um, is there some, anything that you'd like to really communicate to Gulf Islanders as to why um, we should vote for you in this upcoming federal election? Absolutely. I think that a constituency-focused voice within government is going to serve this riding enormously. And I think that moving away from sort of a, the conversation of the importance of climate change mitigation to a plan of action is what we need and is what most of the residents of Sandwich Gulf Islands really hold as a priority. Well, thank you, Sherry. Thank you very much. And the best of luck thank in the you. upcoming federal election. Thank That's you. Sherry Mur or Bohr. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. You're listening to Gulf Islands Community Radio. I'm Dan Miller, and we are going to keep the music going with an artist out of Vancouver. And I've played this once before a couple weeks back at the market. It was quite the hit. Here's a brand new song from Missy D, Delete My Number. Oh, great. 